Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I'm going to open up in prayer, and we're going to dive right on into the Word of God. Father God, we come now, give you glory, give you honor, give you praise, oh God, thanking you uh, for this day that you have made, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for another opportunity, oh God, to open up the bread of life. We thank you, Lord, for the Word that shall go forth on this night, oh God, that it shall go forth with power, oh God, and we know that it shall accomplish what you uh, shall have it to accomplish in our lives. Right now, we come against every distraction, anything that will try to prevent us from receiving this word, anything that will try to, to prevent the seed of this word from taking root in our lives. We come up against it now in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Open our ears that we may hear what you're saying unto the church. We give the name glory, honor, and praise. These know a lot of us. We ask in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, all right. So, uh, I'm going to do a quick recap of last week's Bible study. Again, we're still on the series Spiritual Warfare Training. Uh, last week was Spiritual Warfare Training Part 10 in our series, and, and we talked about demonic plots and patterns. So last week we discussed demonic plots and pattern, and also we said how everything in the spiritual realm is strategic, that nothing happens by coincidence. So that's why we have to stay sharp in prayer. We have to continue to Seek God, and of course, that the enemy, everything the enemy throws at us was methodically planned out. But the beautiful thing about it is that we can go in the spirit realm in prayer and cast those plans down. Uh, we also talk about how demons will try to sell you a lie so you will never buy into the truth. Uh, so that the more we see Christ and, and, and Christ is the truth, we'll be able to expose those lies. We also talked about understanding demonic familiar spirits, how those demonic familiar spirits create a report on you and take it back to their headquarters so they can form a plan to attack. So, of course, we have to fight back in the spirit. Uh, we also talked about the three uh, types of doctrines. We talked about, discussed three types of doctrines. Uh, and, and, of course, the first one was uh, uh, sound doctrine. And the sound, sound doctrine is simply healthy teaching. Sound doctrine is true and uncorrupt teaching, which is the truth of God's word. The second doctrine was the apostles' doctrine. This was the teaching that the apostles taught in Scripture. Uh, they taught what Christ taught and what was, re was revealed to them through the Holy Spirit. So they delivered the message orally. Uh, they originally delivered that message orally, but it was later written down, uh, which gave us the New Testament. So, and the third doctrine was the doctrines of demons. And, and doctrines of demons was teaching teachings influenced by demons. It, it, it is taught by demons, and demons also influence others to teach it on earth. Uh, so in other words, the, the, the doctrines of demons, is uh, it opposes sound doctrine. So therefore, doctrines of demons is unhealthy teaching, and it's false and corrupt. Uh, so those are the three types of doctrines or three types of teachings uh, that are outlined in Scripture. Okay, so that's just a quick recap of last week uh, was part 10, Demonic Plots and Patterns. Okay, and this week we're continuing on our series, Spiritual Warfare Training, and tonight is part 11, part 11. Tonight's topic is warfare of praise and worship, the warfare of praise and worship. Understand that uh, I'm just going to build some foundation here, and then we're going to take off. Understand that praising and worshiping God is not just showing honor to God, but it's also an act of spiritual warfare against the enemy. So you should make a conscious decision to do this often. Our praise and worship isn't what God needs, but it's what he delights in. 
However, it's what we need to be renewed and for us to be able to fight the enemy. So it's amazing how much is actually working in your favor. Understand this. No demonic attack can withstand the pressure and force that comes with the power and authority and all the other weapons that God has entrusted to us. That's why he gave it to us so that we can walk out our victory. Okay, So you shake up demonic foundations when you praise and worship God. Of course, the two are separate, but they often go hand in hand. When you praise God, you are driven by his power. When you worship God, you're driven by his presence. Let's say that again. When you praise God, you're driven by his power. When you worship God, you're driven by his presence. That's why praise can be loud, emotional, passionate. You can be full of energy when you're praising God. Worshiping God uh, can bring tears to your eyes. It, it sometimes you don't have many words to say. There's an old song that says, if I can't say a word, I'll just wave my hand. Uh, so it's few words that comes out because of his presence is being magnified in your life. And when you praise God, it hurts the ears of demons and it annoys them. When you praise God, it hurts. It literally hurts the ears of demons and it annoys them. So while you're praising God, also know that it is an act of spiritual warfare. And when you worship God, demons tend to run away until you're done because you create waves in the spirit and angels also show up with you when you're worshiping. Okay, so praising God is a weapon against the enemy, and worship brings shame to demons because it reminds them of their defeat and what they lost. So when you're worshiping God, it reminds demons of their defeat and what they lost. So it's truly an honor and a privilege to be in a position to be able to serve the true and living God. Satan was demoted and excommunicated from heaven, and he's jealous that what he once had access to we now have access to. We now have access to the throne of God. We now have access to the glory of God. So you can't afford not to give God the praise and worship him because it should be a part of your daily diet. Understand this. Every demon won't respond the same way to the use of every spiritual weapon. Understand this. Every demon won't respond the same way to the use of every spiritual weapon. So you are to use as many as you know. Okay, you have to use as many as you know. We, we, we talked about a number of them. We talked about the power team of, of, of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels, other brothers and sisters in Christ. We talked about our power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we have the authority of Jesus Christ. And now we talk about uh, the power of, 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 of praise and worship and as it's a part of warfare. And we're going to get a little deeper in a minute. But understand, again, every demon won't respond the same way to the use of every spiritual weapon. Uh, there was a time in my life, uh, around back in 2011, uh, when I was experiencing some heavy demonic attacks as soon as I drifted off to sleep. Now, of course, I, I, I was accustomed to certain ones, but this is when the, the attack became higher at that point in my life uh, because my prayer life had catapulted to a new level during this time. But quite naturally, it caused Satan to send high-ranking demons to try to slow me down. And normally when I would be attacked during this time, uh, well, prior to that, and I, and, I try to come, and I try to come out of, of uh, spiritual consciousness as dreams are. As we said, dreams are in the spirit realm. When you dream, you're in the spirit realm. So I was trying to come from out of spiritual consciousness back into natural consciousness, you know, become physically awake. Uh, and I would plead the blood of Jesus or just say Jesus. And normally that would quickly work. It, it would give me enough strength to overcome. However, during that particular season, uh, around the time of 2011, the demons weren't responding to it as quickly. And I say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I, uh, Satan, the blood is against you. I plead the blood of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. It, they weren't responding as quickly as they normally they, they normally would. I, so I, I, so the, 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 the battle was much more intense. It was much longer because I couldn't overcome at that time. 
I didn't learn this. No one said anything. But the Holy Spirit just quickened me, and I started to worship. I started to worship up. So I added worship on to calling on the name of Jesus, pleading the judge of the blood of Jesus, and instantly it caused them to lift the attack and flee. So what I'm saying is it was a greater level of attack, and it required a combination of spiritual weapons to weaken the enemy. That's why we need to remember about all our weapons. Sometimes you might have to plead the blood of Jesus, call on the name of Jesus, worship God, and call angels to fight. Sometimes you have to use all of them to overcome a particular battle, okay? Because as the warfare intensifies, as God continues to promote you, as he gives you more territory, the attack is going to be greater. The rank of demon is going to be higher. The higher you go in God, the more territory God entrusts into to you. So what worked in the past won't be enough in and of itself. Now, we know that, the, that there's power in the name of Jesus and, and, the, and the blood of Jesus. What I'm saying is that's why God gave us so many weapons to a point where you have to use all of them. Like I said, I had to use the blood of Jesus. I had to use the name of Jesus. I had to use the power and authority. I had to call the angels to flight. I had to praise and worship. So it was during this time, this is the first time that really I ever encountered where praise and worship brought me out of a demonic attack, okay? Because what I said, it, it caused me to switch up the routine, switch up what I was doing before. So understand, demons tremble at your worship of Christ because your worship gets the attention of heaven and the reinforcement you need in warfare. So you should, you should not stop persistently seeking God. Everything and everyone on earth has the ability and the choice to praise God, but as God's chosen on earth, we are to lead the praise party. You are to be leading the praise party. Understand this. You confuse the enemy when you praise God any situation that you normally would have had a breakdown in. That's when you can look at your progress. When you normally would have broke down in that situation, when that normally would have had you feeling some type of way, and again, when you begin to praise God in the midst of it, again, it confuses the enemy because the last time they tried, you broke down. The last time they tried, you wanted to quit. You wanted to walk away. But so again, when you praise God in a situation that you would normally break under, that confuses the enemy. So understand this. There's power in your praise. And not only that, watch this now. Worship has a smell. Worship has a smell. Uh, when, when you glorify God through praise and worship, you send an aroma to heaven that is pleasing to the Lord. There's scriptures that talks about how the aroma of our praise goes up to heaven. And, and God loves the aroma, the scent of our praise, the scent of our worship. So, again, worship has a smell. When you glorify God through praise and worship, you send an aroma to heaven that is pleasing to the Lord. And it's opposite for the enemy. Your worship to God creates a pleasant smell in the spirit realm and goes up to heaven, but it's an offensive smell to the enemy. It's an offensive. So when you worship God, I said literally there's a scent that heaven can smell when you worship. Okay? And as I said earlier, when you praise and worship God, uh, uh, it, it creates waves in the spirit realm. And, and, and as it creates those waves, I said it, it also brings, it, it, it brings the attention of angels. Okay? And so, again, your worship creates a pleasant smell in the spirit realm. But, again, it's an offensive smell to the enemy. So, therefore, it's your job to stink up the enemy's camp through your praise and your worship. So if you want to spoil the enemy's appetite, make sure that praise and worship unto God is on your menu. Make sure that it's on your menu. Okay? So the only thing is that some demons will enter a church if they know they're able to influence others or to set traps. Some demons are on assignment to enter churches to deceive. And your praise has the ability to make them change their plans for that day. Understand this. Your hands and feet are not only instruments to give praise unto God, but they're also mighty weapons against the enemy as you praise. Not only are your hands and feet important, but your mouth is another very powerful tool in spiritual warfare. When you sing unto God, you distract the enemy because they love music. 
but they only love music they can control. They only love music that they can influence. And this is why demons try to control the airwaves. This is why they love to influence the lyrics of music artists. Understand this. I've said this multiple times before. We talked about that. Words are seeds. That's why you should not listen to any music because your ears are gates into your life. And seeds can be planted, good or bad. And understand this. Satan has an elaborate plan. And as stated before, he and his demons are very patient. They're very patient. So they can sow seeds that are scheduled to be released at a later date. So if you're a parent, you should also monitor what your children listen to because there are some demonic seeds that you can prevent from being sown. And we talk about ears being gates to your body and access to you. Eyes are also gates, and demons use certain things to try to sow seeds to get you to do things contrary to God. This is why you must also guard what you watch. Entertainment can quickly turn into much more than that. Always watching, when if you're always watching and entertaining drama or negativity, it can invite drama and negativity into your life unknowingly because that's how the enemy works. So what you must realize is that the more you feed into those things, watch this sound, the more you feed into that drama, the more you feed into mess, it's actually a form of praise. You're praising drama. You're praising negativity. You're entertaining certain people, and, and they're always negative and, and always uh, coming with, with, with drama, and you continue to entertain it. Then now that's a form of praise unto that, and then that gives the enemy more access. So, therefore, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you praising drama more than you're praising God? Are you praising drama in general? You shouldn't be praising it, but I'm saying, as I said before, whoever you give your air to is your pastor. Okay? So, if you're listening to all, all, all the negativity and entertaining it, that's a seed that you're allowing to be sown into your life. And so, again, that's why you have the power to uproot any seeds that the enemy tried to sow in your life. Like I said, to your eye gates, your air gates, etc. Okay? So what you have to understand is that the more you feed into those things, like I said, it, it, you're, you're, forming, you're, you're creating a form of praise. So understand, no Christian would naturally say yes to saying, oh, I'm, I'm worshiping uh, uh, drama, et cetera, et cetera. No Christian would naturally say yes, but it's something to think about and to watch closely. When you send praise and worship up to God, the life power of the Holy Spirit is renewing you. Again, when you send praise and worship up to God, um, to God, up to God the life power of the Holy Spirit is is literally, literally renewing you. And every time you praise God, you literally start a praise party in heaven. There's no praise that has ever been wasted. And that's why you can't take your praise lightly. You can't take it lightly. You can't wait for the right setting and the right atmosphere and all this stuff. You, 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 you got to go and just pray God for what you know. Go for what you know. Because, again, your, your praise and worship is causing something to happen in the spirit realm. Okay? So we'll discuss three specific types of warfare weapons pertaining to praise and worship. Number one, the warfare weapon of hands. Number two, the warfare weapon of feet. And number three, the warfare weapon of voice. Okay, so the first one we're going to cover is the warfare weapons of hands. Let's go to uh, Ezekiel 21. Ezekiel 21, verses 14 and verse number 17. We're going to read verse 14 and verse 17. Again, that's Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 14 and verse 17. And this one we're talking about the warfare weapon of hands. So it says, you, therefore, son of man, prophesy and strike your hands together. The third time, let the sword do double damage. It is the sword that slays, the sword that slays the great men that enters their private chambers. Verse 17, I also will beat my fist together, and I will cause my fury to rest. I, the Lord, have spoken. So in these two verses, we find God talking to the prophet Ezekiel. And God was going to bring judgment on Jerusalem because of their continual sin and, uh, and they were ignoring the warning signs that God was sending for them to repent 
Uh, God sent the prophet Ezekiel to tell them to repent, to turn away from the worshiping idols and, and living in continual sin and turning their backs on God. And understand, demons are also warned by God. So understand, we have the authority of Christ to warn demons to back off before the fight gets ugly. What we lost temporarily won't compare to, what, to their loss. So in verse 14, God told Ezekiel to strike his hands together or to clap his hands. So God said the third time to let the sword do double damage. This was referencing the damage God was going to allow the enemy army to do to the Israelites because of their constant worshiping of idols. So the judgment was not just on the people, but it was also on the demons the people were worshiping. So Ezekiel being instructed to clap his hands was to be an expression of righteous anger. So clapping of the hands here encouraged the sword to be drawn. When you clap your hands, when you engage the enemy in spiritual warfare, you encourage angels to use, to use the sword. When you clap your hands, when you engage the enemy in spiritual warfare, you encourage angels to make use of the sword. Not only that, clapping your hands on warfare prayers is symbolic of God bringing judgment upon the enemy. So, so, so if the enemy is attacking you, and you're praying, you say, I come up against you in the name of Jesus, and you're clapping your hands, that's bringing God's judgment upon the enemy. Because as God's child, okay, that's first, as we said before, God's child, that come with the inheritance. But as a king and a priest in God's government, okay, and now the enemy is trying to stop. Because understand this, you don't work for you. You work for God. God, it, the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell there, and it all belongs to God. So God said, here, my child, okay, now I've given you inheritance. I've given you the things that you need to survive on earth. I've given you abundance. I've opened doors for you, et cetera, et cetera. But as a king that has territory in God's government, it all belongs to God. So God is saying, look, I've given you territory for you to be a steward over. I want, I've been trusting this unto you. So therefore, if the enemy is trying to stop you from ruling in your territory, the enemy is trying to slow you down, trying to make you give up, trying to make you throw in the towel, trying to uh, frustrate you from carrying out your God-given assignment. Like I said, when you're in, in, in warfare and you're clapping your hands, that's bringing God's judgment upon the enemy because the enemy is trying to stop you from doing the will of God. So again, that's the power of clapping your hands in warfare. Not only did God tell Ezekiel to clap his hands, but watch this now, God also clapped his hands in verse 17. It showed his righteous anger of the continual sin and evil practice of the people. It represents God's fury because God also said he will clap his hands and would call, and he said he will cause his fury to rest. So once the judgment was done, he would stop it. He wouldn't allow it to continue beyond accomplishing its task. So when you clap your hands in spiritual warfare, you're able to release God's righteous fury upon the enemy. You're, you're releasing God's fury upon the enemy because, again, your physical anger ain't doing nothing. It's the righteous indignation. It's a holy anger. It's, it's, a, it's righteous indignation. When that thing rises up in you and you're angry because of how the enemy has been attacking you and attacking your family and trying to steal from you and stealing your money and stealing your relationships and, and stealing your health and all that stuff. And so then you get upset, and when you're warring against the enemy, you say, you shall not take my family anymore. You shall not steal for my finances in the name of Jesus. Enough is enough. I'm drawing my line in the sand, and you will not steal for me any longer in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and as you're clapping your hands, you're literally striking the enemy. You're striking the enemy. And as we saw, I said, God told Ezekiel to clap his hands, and we also saw how God clapped his hands. So understand is literally when you're clapping your hands in the spirit realm, you are getting the attention of heaven, and you're literally bringing God's righteous fury upon the enemy. And at this point now, the children of Israel became an enemy of God because they were worshiping idols, which, of course, we know idols are demons. So notice how God told Ezekiel to clap his hands, and watch this now. It was in unison with the sword. It was in unison 
with the sword. He told him to clap his hands, and it was in unison with the sword. Okay? So he told, he told Ezekiel to clap his hand, and it was in unison with the sword, the sword of God. Okay? So, so, so watch this now. When the enemy attacks you and you clap your hands, you're literally counterattacking them in the spirit, and each clap strikes the enemy. It's literally like a blow. Watch this now. We can follow this passage. Ezekiel's claps represented something prophetically as well. It represented something prophetically as well because God said how the sword would do double damage the third time. This was prophetic because Jerusalem had three events happen when the Babylonians captured them. King Zedekiah was captured. The city was taken. And the killing of uh, Gedaliah, who, who King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon had put in charge of the remnant of the Jews he allowed to stay behind so that they could cultivate the land and the vineyards, etc. There's some also who believe that uh, the three, th- three symbolizes the three different kings of Judah who were captured, which was Jehoiakim, Jeconiah, and Zedekiah, the three kings that were captured. But either way, we know that three specific events happened during this time. But we see that, again, uh, Ezekiel's claps were in unison with the sword. He said the third time, let the sword do double damage. He said, so this time it's going to be double. So whatever the enemy stole from you, whatever enemy tried to cause in your life, again, like I said, every time you clap your hands, you're bringing God's uh, righteous fury upon the enemy. Uh, you literally uh, counterattacking the enemy in spiritual warfare. And each clap strikes the enemy. So if we don't take your claps for granted, it's not just when you're praising God and, and you're clapping God for the great things he's done or you're clapping to a, to a song, etc. Literally, you have to – this is a weapon God gave you to use in spiritual warfare that he told it – gave it to Ezekiel. Even God himself clapped his hands uh, because of his righteous indignation, his fury. Because, because we're, we're, we're children of God and because in God's army we are his kings and his priests, he said, okay, now I give you these hands to use to strike the enemy in the spirit realm. And you don't have to see it in the physical, but I show you that you're – you're, you're causing damage in the spirit realm every time you clap your hand when you're warring against the enemy. And, and again, it, and, it, and it's tied to your words. It's not just random clapping just to clap. You have to, you have to engage your other weapons. You have, to, you have to use the word of God. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Every seed you, you, you sowed in my life, I declare it shall come to naught in the name of Jesus. Everything you try to block, every, every wall you built up in my life, I declare it shall come tumbling down in the name of Jesus. So every time you clap your hand, you're literally striking back. And then as you clap in your hands, now God's righteous fury is coming upon you because the Holy Spirit is rising in you, and now you're calling for the sword. You're calling for the sword to come out. You're calling for angels to use the sword. And then, of course, we know the word of God is also the sword. So you have all these weapons at your disposal. There's no reason for us to lose a spiritual battle. Yeah, there may be some casualties along the way, some, some bumps and bruises along the way, but the victory is already won. Let's go to Psalm 144 and 1. Psalm 144 and 1. We're talking about the warfare of praise and worship. Psalm 144 and 1 is just one verse. Psalm 144 and 1. And it reads, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Here we see the words of King David, who was praising God, who trains his hand for war and his fingers for battle. Thank God for preparing you in advance to fight in a spiritual war you didn't even know you would be in. David was a great man of war, and he was a leader of the army. We know that he, that he himself, David, slayed Goliath. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, David slayed uh, the giant Goliath and how Goliath represented uh, a, a demonic principality who, 
uh, or a demon that kept on showing up, that kept on taunting, that kept on coming at you, that kept on showing up, taunting the people, and the whole entire army was afraid. An entire army, one man was intimidating the entire army until David showed up and said, I can take this out. He's to find the armies of the living God. I can take them out. And how we said how the enemy will keep showing up and keep showing up and keep using the same pattern until it consistently doesn't work. Just because it didn't work one time, the enemy's not going to stop. He's going to try again because he feels he's going to catch you slipping. They're going to catch you when you're weak. But they're going to keep using the same attempt, the same old stuff, uh, the same old attempt. You're like, man, why, why does this thing keep coming? Why is this pattern still going on in my life? Because it's still working. Because it's still working. And just because you defeated the first time don't mean they're not going to try it again. You have to consistently overcome that same cycle, that same pattern for the enemy to try something new. Okay, and so that's and that's what, and so again, Goliath represented that because he showed up night and day, taunting the Israelites night and day, and they were afraid. Okay, so if the enemy is showing up night and day, we got to show up night and day too. We we don't get off days in the spirit. We got to show up night and day too. You got to you got to be prayed up. You got to have that word in you. And as I said before, it's it, we we have to have scripture memory. You have to memorize scripture. You 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 can't call yourself. A, a child of God, not only that, you can't call yourself a, 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 a warrior in God's army and don't have any word to use against the enemy because they know the word. So as I said, as simple as learning one scripture verse per week, one per week, so that'd be full per month, you know that you've memorized the, the, the scripture, the verse, and, and, and whatever uh, words with that verse. It's important that you understand this. It's important that you do this. You can't afford to overlook this very fact. Because, again, that's the sword, the word of God. That's the sword. And, of course, angels have their own sword, et cetera. Like I so said, you clap your hand, you can cause them to bring their sword and to do war. But, again, there's still a responsibility we have because at the end of the day, it's the territory God assigned to you. God assigned angels to help us and to bear us up, et cetera, et cetera, to, to, to encamp around us, to protect us, et cetera. But it's still our duty as kings, queens on this earth that God gave you territory to rule in it. Okay, so understand it. So, so, so we, we find David here. So he said his, David's fingers were skilled as he would, was able to play. Uh, he was able to use the bow in physical warfare, and, and actually, why he was he was good at the bow and arrow. However, this also has a spiritual meaning. David's hands were used in physical battle and in spiritual battles. Understand, your hands serve more than a physical purpose, but they also serve a spiritual purpose to war against the enemy in the spirit. Watch this now. This same David that we talked about. The same David also had very skilled hands and fingers as he played the harp. Understand, in 1 Samuel 16 and 23, uh, King Saul was troubled by an evil spirit because the spirit of the Lord had left him. So it made room for an evil spirit to legally torment Saul. But then they called in David. David came in and he played the harp. And the tormenting spirit that was tormenting Saul went away and it said that Saul was refreshed. So God anointed David's hands to play the harp. And as he played the harp, he, the, the anointing that was on his life, and again, the power and authority that he possessed, literally caused that evil spirit to flee because of the, the uh, anointing in his hands. He, so he was trained for war and his fingers for battle, but not just a physical battle, also spiritual. So the power of the Holy Spirit can flow through your hands to set someone free from a demonic attack. And sometimes all you have to do is wave your hands toward heaven, and it's a sign or a signal for angels to go to work on your behalf. Understand there is power in your hands. 
and we saw it in both verses, striking your hands, clapping your hands together. As you're engaged in Indian warfare, you're literally calling uh, for the sword to be drawn. You're literally calling for God's righteous fury to, to, to come against the enemy. And literally, you're, every time you clap in spiritual warfare, you are literally striking the enemy. And understand, that's important because as you strike them, that's causing them to back off. That's, that's putting a blow to them. Their brain blows at you. They've been stealing from you. They've been harassing you. They've been playing on your emotions. They've been sowing seeds in your mind. So now it's time for you to play back with them and stab them and, and come at them. And as you clap your hands in the spirit, as you physically clap your hands, you're doing damage in the spirit. All right, let's go to uh, Ezekiel 6 and 11. We're going to talk about the warfare weapon of feet. The warfare weapon of feet, Ezekiel 6 and 11. And it reads, thus said the Lord God, smite thine hand and stamp thy, with thy foot and alas. And say, alas, for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. So I just read the King James Version on this one. I usually do New King James Version, but this one I read the King James Version, which is, smite with thine hand and stamp with thy feet. And say, alas, for all the evil abominations of the house of Israel, for they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. So we see God giving... Uh, prophet Ezekiel specific instructions to clap his hands and stomp his foot, which is a sign of grief and righteous anger. All the evil the Israelites had done caused them to fall by the sword and famine, and which is pestilence, which means a plague. So if one didn't take some out, the other two would. So clapping your hands and stomping your feet in this case was also a sign of the destruction that was to come. So when you literally stomp your feet in spiritual warfare, you're actually bruising the head of any enemy that tries to enter your life. It's not some formality. It's not something, some cliche. Uh, it, it, it's real. And, and I know some of the church have done it in a sense of, oh, stomp on the devil's head, but not really knowing literally what stomping your feet can do in the spirit. Okay? So when you literally stomp your feet in spiritual warfare, you're bruising the head of the enemy that's trying to enter your life. When you clap your hands and stomp your feet in prayer, you're warning the enemy to back off or get dealt with. It's a warning. It's a warning. Because in, 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 in earlier chapter in Ezekiel 21, we saw how, how God sent Prophet Ezekiel to warn the people. He kept warning and warning. It was like a warning. Okay, now, you better back off. You better back off. You better back off. Because it's, it's about to get serious for you. Okay? And so, and, and some demons are smart. They know when to retreat. They're like, okay, all right, back off, back off, back off. We're going to try again. We're going to try to catch them slipping. We're going to try to catch them when they're weak. Okay, let's go back and regroup. Because they scattered off camp. So, so understand, you can see how this plays out in spiritual warfare. The sword, we see again another reference of the sword. As we saw in Ezekiel 21, we see another reference of the sword. He said, for they shall fall by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. So understand, the sword pierces the enemy and wounds them, causing them to flee. Famine is a dry place for them. They need, they need, they need uh, to feed off of people. So we see how literally when, when, you, when you stomp your feet, clap your hands, literally three things can occur. The sword, and then the sword, and if they're still some around after the sword, then famine will come. Then if they're still around after the famine, then a plague will come upon the enemy that is attacking your life. The demons are attacking your life. And so if one doesn't take them out, the other one will. And like I said, so, so if, if you're stomping your feet, clap your hands, bring famine into the enemy's life, because again, because keep in mind how it's just that when a spirit is cast out, it goes looking, uh, you know, trying to find place, and it can't find out, you know, looking through dry places, you know, and it can't find, so it tries to get back into the person that it came out of. 
because they couldn't find any place. It was a dry land. So literally famine uh, hurts the enemy when it's a dry place, a dry place in the sense of because they need to feed off of people. They need blood sacrifices. And you can starve them when they have nothing to latch on to in your life. Whatever has been working in your life before, whatever they haven't used that has effectively worked against you in your mind, got you off your game. Now, because if you stomp your feet, clap your hands through warfare, you can begin to, as I said, to uh, cause a famine to come into their lives where they no longer have anything to latch on to you and to your life because you're closing those doors. And then the plague sent against the enemy is when masses of people come together on one accord to take back territory from the enemy. So your feet are a dangerous weapon against the enemy because where the soles of your feet touch is an opportunity to take back territory from them because, again, it's your territory to begin with. They may have been occupying some places for a long time. They may be principalities, etc., assigned over certain regions and certain demons uh, that, that are assigned to that region to prevent certain people from doing certain things. But it's our job to take back the territory because it belongs to God. So if God planted you there. He gave you that territory. And as he gave you that territory, there's always going to be a fight over territory. And, again, that's whether it be on your job, whether it be in your home with your family, your kids, etc. It is all territory. And the enemy is territorial. So, therefore, you ought to be territory in the spirit because God said, I'm trusting you with this. Yes, the enemy will attack. Yes, they will try you. But I've given you the tools that you need. I've given you the weapons that you need. So, use it. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet in the spirit. You have the power and authority. You have God. You have Jesus in the authority of Jesus Christ. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have angels working on your behalf. What in the world are you afraid of? Satan's army, Satan's army cannot defeat us. They only wanted to, to, to believe a lie. Now, they have the ability to harm us if we don't stay in position. They have the ability to attack us, yes. But the attack will never uh, be more powerful than our counterattack when we use the weapons that God has. So stomping your feet in prayer with anger against the enemy shakes and crushes demonic foundations around you. And understand, according to Malachi 4 and 3, God will make your enemies ashes under your feet. He will make your enemy ashes under your feet. Let's go to Luke 10 and 19. Luke 10 and 19. So again, so when you praise and worship, never look at it the same any longer. Okay? And, uh, and of course, we're, we're praising and worship God. We're, we're giving glory and honor unto him. But as I said before, there's a difference between prayer and warfare. Okay? And oftentimes, the two will be going back and forth. You're praising God for what he's done. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in my life. Lord, I worship you for who you are. And you are El Shaddai. You are Elohim. You are Emmanuel, God with us. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You're honoring him. You're exalting his name. And then at the same time, you can, as in the middle of that, you can, you can go up and flip over to warfare. I come against every demonic attack that will try to stop me from accomplishing the will of God in this earth. And I, and I come up against you now in the name of Jesus. And you're slapping your hands and, and warfare. And then you say, Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. And so then now you, 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 the rhythm is changing because you're thanking him in advance for what he's already done. Lord, I'm in a tough situation right now, but I thank you right now. I know it don't look good right now what I see in the flesh, but we walk by faith, not by sight. And I come up against the enemy that's trying to make me go by what I see and not by what you said. So you see how it go. You go back and forth from prayer, and then you go, back, then you go right back to warfare. So the two often goes hand in hand. You need both. Because if you're not engaged in enemy in warfare, then the enemy is like, well, you ain't talking to me. you just talking to God. You have to talk to the enemy. You have to let them know that they're not welcome. You have to let them know that they got to take their hands off of your life. You have to let them know that whatever they've been hanging around, whatever they've been plotting, that it, it has to come to an end. Luke 10 and 19. Luke 10 and 19. Luke 10 and 19. And it reads, 
Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay? So Jesus gave you authority to walk over any enemy that tries to harm you, to walk over any enemy that tries to harm you. He let us know that not only do we have authority over all the power of the enemy, but you can trample them. That means they're truly beneath you. When you walk in your Christ-given authority, any demon that attacks, you can use your feet to help keep them under your feet in the spirit. Your feet were made for more than just walking. So even in Ephesians 6, watch this now, watch this now. I'm going to prove my point yet another further. Ephesians 6, uh, it, it talks about, you know, about the armor of God, putting on the full armor of God. And in one pa- passage in that verse, it talks about uh, your feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And it's a metaphor that was comparing the physical boot in warfare to the spiritual boot in warfare. So the good news keeps us standing firm. The good news of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, keeps us standing firm and can bruise the enemy's head. Watch this now. Why did they use this example about your feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? And they were using the, the, the physical arm, uh, armor as, as, and, and applying it to the spiritual, showing how the two, uh, it was a spiritual implication. Watch this now. Many Roman army boots were studded with sharp nails on the bottom. So when, they, when, when the Roman army went up to war, they actually had boots that were studded with sharp nails on the bottom. So when you stomp your feet in praising God, just like the Romans had nails on their war boots, it's like driving nails into the enemy. It's like driving nails into the enemy. Whatever the enemy tried to fortify against your life, it's like driving nails into whatever they and whatever plans they, they were they were planning, plotting against your life. So therefore, if the enemy kicks, make sure you kick back in the spirit because your kick, your stomp, packs a powerful blow. And you think about it, and, and think about it. It's it, it really it's it's interesting how instinctive some things are in us that we don't really know what it's attached to. Think about it as a kid. You ever got upset and you know, and then you stomping off, oh, like your stomp is gonna change something. Because you're angry, you're, you're mad, you know, and, but you're trying to take it out on the parent because you're upset. But really, it was, it was a spiritual thing that was in you. It was in you. From, it was in you. God placed it in you, but you just didn't realize what, you, what, what that actually supposed to do. Now, I didn't do that when you stomp it in anger because the enemy is just playing on you at that point in time. But when you realize now, wow, my feet is actually a weapon of war. Don't you? God, God, God is strategic. Truthfully, every part of your body, in some sense, is, is, can be used as a weapon. Okay, because we will get to, to the voice in a minute. Okay, and, and that's why the enemy will try to whisper things in your ear. Because if you share, it's, you know, hearing the lie, I suppose to hearing the, hearing the truth of God's word, it, it, it strengthens you. So, so it, all, it all works together. It all has a role. And we've talked before when we did, uh, last year, we did an entire series on activating your spiritual senses. We talked about smelling in the spirit, how you're actually able to smell in the spirit. You can, you, you, you're able to smell evil. Okay, the evil has a smell. Okay, the, the sulfur and what it, it has a smell. Um, but again, we talk about, you know, we, we, the church typically is caught up on, you know, seeing in the spirit or hearing in the spirit. But uh, all the five senses, touch, taste, okay, uh, uh, smell, hear, okay, all, the, all those are, are also spiritual. You can, also, you can smell in the spirit. You can smell in the spirit. I remember, and then I didn't realize what it was when I was a little bit younger. You know, I'm talking to someone, and I'm like, I smell mac and cheese. I smell, uh, smell like a cinnamon roll. Oh, my goodness, I'm cooking that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that what it was. 
and that's not something that God has, has used me in on, on a large level, but I do, I can't go back and remember smelling certain things. Uh, uh, a certain, we talked about the certain aroma, the, the cinnamon or a certain aromas that you may smell that you no know, one be cooking that around you, but you smell it. That's smelling in the spirit, okay? Um, and so, like I said, your worship has a smell. And at the same time, your, 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 uh, your worship is also offensive to the enemy. It stinks to them. Okay, because again, it's something that they, they reminds of what they lost and they can no longer have it. So they so they're upset about that. There's many people who have experiences, uh, who who uh, spiritually have, have God's taken them to hell to let them get a tour of it and come back and tell about it, et cetera. They all have the same thing coming about the putrid smell and the awful smell and, and, and the smell of sulfur and et cetera. You, you you hear different people talking about that because there is a smell in the spirit. The spirit realm has a smell. Okay? And so again, you just see all these different weapons that, that you have at your, that, that can help war against the enemy. We talk about discernment, the Holy Spirit giving us discernment. But sometimes uh, he, he can reveal it to you in your spirit. That, okay, watch out for this person. Something ain't right about this person. There's something ain't right there. They're saying it. It sounds good, but something ain't right. Even though they're saying something, you're like, well, I don't have a reason to not trust them. But at the same time, your spirit is telling you something ain't right here. Okay, that's, that's the discernment. But discernment won't just come that way. It can come in, in, in a smell. Like something, oh, I smell that smell. I smell that smell. The last time I smelled that smell, this is what happened. This is that meant. You know what I'm saying? So, so God will use so many different things. It, it's, he's so elaborate. Okay? There's nothing God created on you that was wasted. Your, your fingers, as you said, you're training your fingers for war. Okay? So let's go to the third one, warfare weapon of voice. Let's go to Joshua 6. Joshua 6, verses 20 through 21. And it's Joshua 6, verses 20 through 21. Joshua 6, 20 through 21, Joshua chapter 6, verses 20 through 21, and it reads, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpet, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, Ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Interesting that we see that edge of the sword coming out once again. So we saw the sword when it came to the hands. We saw the sword when it came to stomping your feet. And now we see the sword when it came to shouting with your voice. So here we find Joshua and the Israelites following God's instructions, which led to the destruction of the wall of Jericho. And Jericho at this time was a major Canaanite city. And, and we know that the Canaanites were an enemy of God. The Canaanites is who occupied the promised land. Again, that's why there's, there's enemies that are, that are occupying your promised land, what, wherever that may be, whatever that might be, promised land, land that God has promised to you, things God has promised to you. There may be enemies that are occupying that space in your life, and you have the ability to overcome it, to use the weapons that God gave you, okay? And so the city, this city, this Jericho, uh, it was well fortified. It was a massive wall of defense. That was built. And the Canaanites occupied the promised land, like I said, that God promised. So the wall, this wall, stood in the way of God's promise to his children. So understand, no matter how big the wall, if it stands in the way of where God is leading you, it will come down as long as you don't turn around, as long as you don't throw in the towel, as long as you don't profess a word cross over your life saying this is what it's going to be. I'm just going to be settled with this. I'm just going to have to be content with this. This, No, 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 no. So then now you're feeding into the enemy. You're giving the enemy strength when you're saying things that are contrary to the word of God. When you're saying things that are, are, are in line with the enemy's plan, you're strengthening them in your life. You're strengthening their influence in your life. You're giving them more territory, more access 
in your life. So that's why, again, your words are important. So we've discussed before that a demonic stronghold is based on arguments and reasoning philosophers and teachers used to attempt to discredit the word of God. And it's also an incorrect thought pattern. We talk about how a strong stronghold is also an incorrect thought pattern. So this physical stronghold was a wall of defense opposing God. It was a wall of defense opposing God. Okay? And so, uh, and so the wall was in the way. And so the enemy will erect walls in your life to try to make you feel that you can't get around, to make you feel like I've been here for so long. This is what it's going to be. This is just my life. But God gave you the power to knock it down. God told Joshua that he had already given Jericho into their hands. God told this to him before it literally happened. And we go, you go early in this chapter, he told them, I'm giving you the land. It's already in your hands. But God said it before it actually happened. So understand, God will often tell you that you have something before you physically have it because it's already done in the spirit. And that's why you have to walk by faith, not by sight. So you've already defeated the enemy. God gave Joshua specific instructions. It's key that you follow the right strategy for each battle that will come uh, through the Holy Spirit. The army could not physically penetrate the wall that was built. It was impossible for them to penetrate this gigantic wall that had been erected. The only way at this time was an act of God. And so God gave them instructions. For six days, they were to march around the city one time per day. So for six days, they were to march around the city one time per day. And it may seem like that didn't make no sense. Well, we march around the city. March around the city is not going to make this wall move. But then he said on the seventh day, they were to march around the city seven times. So they were supposed to march around the city seven times on the seventh day. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, when they marched around, the priests were instructed to blow the trumpet. And when the people heard the trumpet, they were supposed to make a great shout. And God said the wall would come down. And they did just that. They were obedient. And their voice was warfare. When you shout with a loud voice against God, unto God, against the enemy, when you shout out with a loud voice unto God against the enemy, you weaken and break down demonic walls set up against your life. Trumpets were used for various reasons. It was used for gathering the congregation together. I was used for specific announcements. I was used as an alarm, alerting the people of an army that was approaching to attack. We talked about, you know, the watchmen on the wall, that they would look and they saw the enemy coming. They would sound the alarm to warn the people. Uh, they also sounded the trumpet uh, for when they were appointed, appointing kings. And also they sounded the trumpet doing praise and worshiping God. So understand this. There is power in your voice as a warrior for God. And God gave it to you as a weapon against the enemy. Not only did the shout break down the wall, but God then gave the grace to go into the city and destroy it. So they would destroy all the enemy in the city. So not only can you overcome demonic attacks, but God can use you in such a way until demons leave embarrassed after the attack. You, you want to bring shame to the enemy to the point they're leaving embarrassed, ashamed that they even bother to attack you on that area. You should make them be ashamed to attack you in that area again. They may have got you multiple times in the past. They may have gotten you the last time. But if you continuously come up against that pattern and, and, and break it in the name of Jesus through the clapping your hands when you're warned, through the stomping of your feet and through your voice, then you should make them embarrassed to even try to attack you in that area again. They might try somewhere else, but they should be embarrassed to keep attacking you in the same area. Because every time they attack you, you bring shame into their life. 
So the enemy will try to make noise in your life, but your noise can send confusion to their camp and cause their plans to come crashing down. Let's go to Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20, verses 18 through 22. Second Chronicles 20, verses 18 through 22. Another passage we've covered multiple times. Second Chronicles 20, verses 18 to 22. Second Chronicles chapter 20, actually verse 17 through 22. All right, and it reads, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Korahites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who, would sh- and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. And they were defeated. So understand, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And at the time, he prayed to God because the enemy army was going to attack. He fasted and prayed to God and ordered a fast uh, for the entire city. He ordered a fast for the entire city, okay? And so he called for a fast, and he prayed unto the Lord, okay? And, 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 and the Lord told Jehoshaphat a few verses prior to that that the battle was not his. He said, the battle's not yours, the battle's mine. The battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. The Lord said that they would not have to fight in this battle. This, again, shows that there are some battles that can only be won in the spirit. Really, all, all battles are won in the spirit. So every battle is first won or lost in the spirit. So Jehoshaphat appointed people to go ahead of the army. So understand and Watch this now. He appointed people to go ahead of the army who would sing praises unto God for the victory before it happened in the natural. So again, don't be fooled by what you see. You ought to praise God before the physical battle because you've already been given victory in the spirit. Their praise confused the enemy. We see here, their praise confused the enemy, and Judah won the battle. They say that it set ambushes against them. It confused them. So your praise is a powerful weapon. When you open up your mouth and sing and praise God, you're literally, watch this now, you're literally authorizing fire to be sent into the enemy's camp in the spirit. When you open up your mouth and sing and praise God, you're literally authorizing fire, Holy Ghost fire, to be sent into the enemy's camp in the spirit. Even when we look surrounded and like we're defeated, we must know that we have already won. We can praise him knowing the victory has already been won, regardless of what it looks like. And notice this now. It said they also lifted up their voices loud and high. Verse 19, they lift up their voices loud and high. It's not by accident. Just like we saw when they had to shout with a great shout, and Joshua to bring down the walls of Jericho, the walls that the enemy have erected. The same what we see here. They raised their voice loud and high. 
Why? Because spiritual warfare is not quiet. You must open up your mouth because your sound causes damage to the enemy's camp. It ain't something that you freak shoot with. Oh, devil, back away from me. You can't do a Joel Osteen on this. Good, good guy, great, great, great man of God. But you can't come with Joel Osteen type of approach with this. Oh, devil, back away. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. No, no, you got to come with force, the power behind you. This, the, the, and, and we see in every example, multiple examples in scripture, that you have to come with that force. I command you to back away in the name of Jesus. You got to put force behind it because it's warfare. It ain't no, no, no nice thing. Spiritual warfare is not quiet. You have to open up your mouth because your sound causes damage to the enemy's camp. It's not by accident that every individual has a unique voice pattern that's unlike any other. No voice pattern is exactly alike. That's not by accident. Imagine what happens when multiple voices come together for God. When we raise our voices together and praise unto God, demons pause because every voice is different and it confuses them at the point of attack. If they're sitting there coming to attack you and we're corporately praising God together and then you're praising and then, I, and then, then I'm praising next to you and someone else praising next to you, it confuses them because they, all your voice is different. It sounds different. No voice pattern is exactly alike. That brings confusion to the enemy because you're already struck them with your hands when you were clapping. You're already uh, struck when you were stomping your feet. And now you open up your mouth with a loud shout calling on the name of, of Jesus. So now you don't hit the enemy with your hands. Bring in the sword. Bring in the famine. Bring in the plague with your feet. And then now with your mouth, you're literally sending an ambush against the enemy. They were coming to attack you. And then now you don't open up your mouth. Now you're attacking them. And now they're fleeing scattered multiple ways. And we see here in the last verse, they began to sing the praise. And the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. The enemy may come against you, but you can, if you praise God, you will set an ambush amongst them, and they will leave defeated. So there's nothing for you to be concerned with. God has already trained your hands for war, your fingers to fight in the spirit, your hands, your feet, your mouth. You have power and authority. You have God, the inheritance that came with inheriting God, Jesus, the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. You have angels that you can, you can call upon. And we know that Jesus said that he could have called 72,000 angels at one time to come and fight if he wanted to. So you can call 72,000 angels to come fight if you need to. It don't take 72,000 angels for most, most, most battles, but know that you have access to call them. Understand this. So it's a fixed fight. It really is. The thing is, the enemy just wanted us to be in our position. He wants us to not understand who we are in God and our rank and, 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 and our power and our authority. It's in your hands. It's in your feet. It's in your mouth. There's this old song that said, uh, 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 there's fire, you know, fire shut up on my bones, in my hand, my feet. It's true. It, it is fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. But you have the power and the authority to do defeat the enemy. Okay, so again, at the end of the day, again, you have the, the power of the clapping your hands. And we saw what it is when you clap your hands together, what it does, the stomping your feet, what it does, and opening up your mouth uh, are all weapons that, that God has granted unto us as well to use in spiritual warfare. So that's something else to add on to your arsenal. 
to use it and knowing that, again, you don't have to see it being done, but I assure you it's being effective, but you will see the results over time, just like your prayer, being persistent in prayer. So I will close it out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for the word that went forth on this that, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for letting us know more weapons that we have, dear God, uh, to use in warfare. We thank you, oh God, for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for their very lives. We thank you, oh God, for uh, giving them the power, the authority that they already have and letting them know that they have it, that they will walk in it, giving them the strength, oh God, to continue to go forward uh, in their kingdom assignments, oh God, what you have assigned them in, oh God. I thank you, O oh God, for anointing them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet, O oh God, that they will continue to get more territory, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. They continue to grow strong in you, O oh God. And they continue to walk in the power and walk in authority, O oh God. They will not just talk about it, O oh God, but they shall demonstrate it in their very lives, O oh God. And we declare that every seed that in me has planted in their lives, O oh God, we uproot it now in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. So we thank you, O oh God. We bless your name, O oh God, for the breakthrough, O oh God, in their lives, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for the many blessings, O oh God, that shall literally overtake them, O oh God. God, and I thank you for the spirit of peace that shall rest upon their homes, their lives, on their jobs, oh God, in their businesses, oh God, your grace, oh God, we thank you, we bless your name now, oh God, we thank you for their very lives, oh God, we thank you for the praise reports, oh God, that shall come out of their lives, oh God, we thank you for the lives that they will touch, oh God, the lives you've assigned to them, oh God, to impact, oh God, we thank you for the light that they shall bring into dark places, oh God, and we thank you, oh God, that they shall take over the territory you have assigned to them, O oh God, that no enemy shall be able to run them off or frustrate them, O oh God, but they shall walk in their power and authority, O oh God, and the regular things in the spirit, O oh God, on your behalf. So we thank you. We bless your name now. These and all other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Remember, it's usually that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you next week. Good night. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.